So, uh, what the hell is going on here? When you have something, uh, when you have a, a gas under pressure and the container isn't strong enough to contain the pressure, something happens. Do you really think it's just, uh, you know, chance that this is happening? Or uh, what are we talking about, first of all? What are we talking about? Well, uh, this, the, uh, this sudden uh, acceleration of the move to impeach that happened a little over a week ago with the, uh, the news of the whistleblower report being bottled up and, uh, and Nancy Pelosi suddenly switching sides from, uh, no, let's be careful, let's hold off uh, to let's go. Here we go, team, saddle up. We're on, we're on our way to the impeachment. So, uh, again, do you think that this is just uh, random or is this a highly orchestrated uh, you know, event? Well, it's not, I don't think it's random. I think the, the, uh, I think the forces were all aligned. I think that uh, a, a careful reading of everything that Nancy Pelosi said was that she wanted to get these she wanted to have Trump impeached, but she was waiting till she had a case and that the investigations were going to proceed until there was something uh, that they could vote on. And then this whistleblower report landed in their lap and it was uh, so undeniable, so swift and so egregious that uh, you know, the, it's like a um, a car on a hill with a little block under the tires to keep it from rolling down. It's, it's just, you know, the, the forces are there. The gravity is there. The slope of the hill is there. The wheels are all there. You just have to knock that block out of the way and it starts rolling. And I think that the, that's what the whistle report, the whistleblower report did. It just knocked the block out of the way. So in a sense, it was all orchestrated. You know, today uh, there have been a number of... Uh... Uh, whistles, if you will, uh, from uh, independent or uh, private sources uh, of, about, you know, otherwise known as the media, uh, about uh, Pompeo uh, uh, and, you know, the rest of the cast of characters. Uh, and that just, it just doesn't feel yes. random at all. It feels highly orchestrated. Well, I don't know. What, I, I'm not sure what, what you mean by random or, or orchestrated. I mean, you have a you have a whole bunch of people who are responding to the same stimuli, and they're all moving in the same direction. I don't know if that's orchestrated or random. Well, I think there's uh, something to be said for the uh, for the buildup of. Uh, you know, the toxic uh, implications of certain people, uh, you know, being unmasked, which leads to other people feeling the pressure uh, to, to uh, you know, get out ahead of the, uh, of the fire. I'm just relating this to my own work experience where there's a bad boss and everyone knows he's a bad boss. But, you know, according to corporate governance, he is empowered. He's the boss. And uh, he has the power to, to remain the boss until suddenly he doesn't.
And uh, the moment people realize that he doesn't have the power to remain the boss, everything changes almost immediately. And I think that we're seeing some analog to that happening now. Um, people who didn't feel personally free to let anybody know what was happening, except in the vaguest terms and the most anonymized terms, are now letting more leak than they ever have before. For a while, there were, you know, the so-called adults in the room and people didn't take it too seriously. Now we realize, well, all the constraints are off. He is running on pure impulse power. And so the, the level of resistance has risen to meet that. But, you know, when you say it's orchestrated, I don't think it's orchestrated in the sense of a conspiracy. I, I think that... Uh, it's, it is something that is happening everywhere at once. What seems to be orchestrated is what the Democrats are doing in the House because there's a master orchestrator in charge there, Nancy Pelosi. Well, I think that she's, uh, she knows how to count, which is important. Uh, but uh, I wonder whether she's doing much more than basically you know, surfing the wave. Well, she, yes, one, one important thing. Because there was a, the list of things that you, would, you might impeach Trump on is huge. They, they really um, challenge short-term memory to list them all. Uh, if, you, if, you make, if you make notes, you could probably get them out if you think about it or if you do some quick Googling. Uh, and so there's a, a debate about do you, do you go broad or do you go narrow? And it's pretty clear that uh, she's in charge of the decision to go narrow and focus specifically on this Ukraine call and, and the universe of uh, transgressions that are, that are around it. And I think, that's, I think that's her strategic call. What do you think is the impact on uh, Biden? Well, that's, that's hard to say. It's hard to isolate it. You know, before we knew any of this, uh, it seemed as though Biden was um, stagnant. Uh, maybe even losing a little altitude. The more recent polls had Elizabeth Warren ahead of him. Um, you know, he, he went in with the strongest reputation, the broadest affection, um, but there were always issues. I think, you know, how, how current is he? How uh, capable is he? How nimble is he? The other thing going on in the Democratic Party is, you know, how progressive do you want to be versus how centrist do you want to be? And Biden was, uh, no, let me try and do this in Biden style. So Biden's strongest attribute was the wide perception that he could beat Trump, number one. Number two, he always counts that way. He puts the first number after the first point and the second number before the second point. Number two, and the spectrum from most progressive to least progressive, he was pretty center-right. He was kind of progressive, but he was a moderate. So one of, the, one of the, the issues going on in the party is how far do you want to push to the left? One of the other issues going on is what's your best chance to beat Trump? So uh, I, he went into this race with the highest score on beating Trump. And for people, you know, I think for everybody in the Democratic Party and many independents, that's the most important thing. You just have to end the Trump regime. Uh, but for a lot of people in the party, 
moving to the left is also important. I mean, that, I think that's a, a legacy from Bernie's 2016 campaign. He really moved the Overton window to the point where uh, more progressive ideas became more widely supported. And I think that's a legacy that continues. Now he and Elizabeth Warren are fighting for... My opinion is, is that uh, Elizabeth Warren suffers from uh, being at the high end of a, a bubble. I think we can see now that Bernie's uh, troops are becalmed in, a, in, in the way that you kind of were describing uh, Biden's situation uh, before this event. Right. So, number three, let's talk about this event and Biden. Because there's a, there's a lot of mud thrown into the air, which I don't think he deserves. Um, but what what is true is that his son, working on the board uh, of an energy company in Ukraine while he was vice president, has a prepar- an appearance of impropriety. Uh, I, I think that uh, I, you know, you, you can't help but wonder whether he got that position on the basis of his merits or mm-hmm. on the basis of his last name. And so, you know, that, that's that's a cloud that's going to hover regardless of whether anything actually wrong occurred. So, I mean, Republicans are lying about it and deflecting criticism of Trump to criticism of Biden. And it's not really sticking, but it is a dust of cloud in the air that's unfairly hovering over him. And somewhere, someone has to deal with that. So it, 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 it inevitably, although it's, he didn't earn this, uh, inevitably, I think it, it's a little bit uh, waiting on his uh, chances for the nomination. It's pulling him down a little. Well, I think in the same way that... Uh... Uh, Elizabeth uh, Warren never answers the question about how much it's going to cost. I think that uh, the way that Biden uh, walks the line between uh, taking advantage of the situation with uh, Trump and kind of running away from the issue as Trump uh, pushes it out there. Well, here's here's the bizarre thing. You know, look at Trump's children. Ivanka, Eric, and Don Jr. Um, You know, he's he's not in the position of uh, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. He's going to cast the stone anyway. Um, And uh, I just wonder when when the Democrats are going to start hurling that stone back uh, in Trump's direction. Yeah, but that goes against and fights the notion of keeping it focused on this uh, latest event. Yes, yes. Well, I'm, I'm, there are really two realms here which overlap. You know, one has to do with the impeachment, which, has, uh, which is totally focused on the event. And the other has to do with the campaign, which is still sorting itself out. So... Uh, when I say that it's orchestrated, uh, I feel that there are certain, uh, I mean, there was a, a couple of days ago, there was uh, the revelation in quotes that 
Trump had said something inopportune in the uh, meeting with the Russians uh, in 2017. Uh, and it, it just seemed like uh, we've, the people that had leaked that originally were ready to leak more details about that today. Right. Uh, and, and what they were doing was basically setting up uh, the notion that these secret servers are full of chock full of uh, important stuff. Right. But, I, uh, but, you know, to me, it rubs a little bit the wrong way uh, to suggest that they think that they're actually going to uh, get access to what they're really looking for, which is uh, Putin uh, in, a, in a conversation with Trump. Uh, it just seems a little bit too uh, orchestrated uh, uh, to be uh, coincidence. But the circumstantial um, evidence based on what we know that Trump has done and what he said and what people around him have done and said point to Putin. Now, whether you have the transcript of what P Trump and Putin actually said, look at what's happening. And um, tonight, um, Rachel Maddow's A block was all over this because she, she connected a, a lot of dots, um, starting with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, that, that's, one, that, that's part of the context that we should never forget. Uh, Russia has claimed a piece of the territory of Ukraine. They seized Crimea, and they've invaded another portion where they are currently at war. Um, and Trump has said publicly, that uh, you know, Ukraine, you should you should settle you should settle this with Putin. Uh, now, why is that important? Well, because what happened? How did the West respond to Russia's invasion? Very heavy sanctions, and Putin's goal is to get those sanctions lifted. So, if uh, if Ukraine settles with Russia uh, and says, "Okay, Putin, take the territory," um, then those, those sanctions, uh, then, then, then there's no longer an invasion because now it's Russian territory and those sanctions go away. Um, you know, there were three, three elements inside the, the call. The, the one that everyone is focused on because it's the most obvious had to do with, uh, I have a favor for you. I want you to find dirt on the Bidens. And then there was this very strange thing about CrowdStrike that, uh, that Trump mentioned. So what is, what is CrowdStrike? It's a, a right-wing conspiracy theory that is widely debunked, but still current on the right wing and very important to Trump that says the origin of, inter, of intervention in the 2016 election was not Russia, but the Ukraine. And it was, it was something that the Clinton campaign put the Ukrainians up to. And that the, the the current resting place of the Democratic server and Hillary's missing emails is somewhere in Ukraine. Now that sounds bizarre, but there's something else going on there. What? Because there's another set of sanctions on Russia. So the first set of sanctions was imposed because of the invasion. The second set of sanctions was imposed at the end of the Obama administration, in response to Russia's interference in our election. 
So there are two things that, that are now weighing on the Russian economy. Sanctions over Ukraine, sanctions over interference in our election. So part of that Ukraine call had to do with getting Zelensky to settle with Putin so they can take off the Ukraine invasion sanctions. And the other part had to do with trying to reset our understanding of Russians' interference in our election. To, to take off those other sanctions. And that's, that's what the world tour that Barr is engaged in now. He's trying to get other countries to help him prove that the entire Mueller probe was invalid so that they can go. Uh, and really, this is all being done in service of Putin. So whether or not we have the conversation, which would be a good smoking gun, we can see circumstance you know you 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 can uh how did they discover uh pluto uh because of disturbances in the orbit of uranus and how did they discover uranus because of disturbances in the orbit of neptune so you can see what's happening between trump and putin even if you don't have their phone call so that's the motivation for this scenario it sounds a lot smarter than uh, Trump seems to be. Well, it is smarter than Trump seems to be, but Putin is calling the shots. Uh, it sounds a lot smarter than Putin seems to be. <clears throat> I mean, the, you know, the, it sounds like a very complicated conspiracy. It's it's it, it's not it's it's not it's not it's not smart. It's very simple. It's very simple. But Putin Putin is focused. Uh, in a determined way everywhere on getting those sanctions lifted. Um, you know, you, you can go back to what, what was, um, what, what was the, uh, the, the Flynn story all about? It was about his secret meetings with Russia to bring off the sanctions. What was the, the Flynn phone call before Trump's inauguration? He said, don't worry, don't worry about retaliating for Obama's sanctions, you'll be okay once we're in office. I mean, there, you know, there's a, there's a long line of things that show us that, that Putin has really focused on getting those sanctions lifted. And I can imagine, although I don't have the phone call, but if, if you look at the way Trump was pressuring Zelensky, that's the way Putin pressures Trump. So, uh, uh, there was one other thing that uh, uh, Rachel Maddow has written a new book, and she talks uh, a lot about the uh, uh, climate uh, as it relates to the uh, petroleum industry. And uh, and one of the prime motivations she, she suggests for uh, what you're talking about is that they need to be able to fund uh, getting the oil out uh, of the ground uh, and uh, therefore they need the sanctions to be lifted in order for uh, investment to come in uh, from large uh, multinational oil companies. Yes. Um, yes. Well, the book's, the book's not out yet, so I haven't read it, but um, um, I, I understand from her interview earlier on Chris Hayes' show that one of the premises is that the um, 
that, and we, we, we know this from other sources, uh, the petroleum industry, the uh, energy industry, has a huge amount of control of governments everywhere. And in Russia, uh, and in uh, Trump's other favorite place, Saudi Arabia, the petroleum in industry already controls the government very directly, or the government controls the petroleum industry. Um, in the U.S., it's, it's a little more tenuous, but clearly um, there's a huge amount of influence um, that, that the Cokes, for example, have managed to buy. So it, it sounds like, uh, so, uh, you know, basically the uh, visible impact of climate change is, is forcing a lot of this activity because they're, uh, they're feeling threatened about running out of, you know, clock in order to be able to get this, these assets out of the ground. Right. Yes. Because it's, it's not like, it's not, it's not that they're running out of oil. They're, they're running out of the world's yeah. appetite for oil. Um, as as uh, renewables become more economically attractive. Um, and, you know, when people talk about peak oil, it's not, it's not as though, well, we're running out. It's, it's as though it's more that we can't afford to use it. We can't afford to burn it. It's not, it's not that we don't have it. It's that we, the price of burning it is becoming, the price of extracting it goes up and the price of burning it uh, goes up as, uh, as global warming advances. So, uh, so where are we? Uh, what do you think is going to happen uh, in the next couple of months? In the next couple of months, Trump will be impeached. Um, how, how much we find out before he's impeached, I don't know. But he definitely will be impeached. Um, there will be there will be a, a trial in the Senate, and I think the odds that he'll be convicted in the Senate have suddenly advanced mm -hmm. a little bit above zero. I mean, I used to think I used to think they were absolutely zero. Um, now I don't think they're very high, but I think that I think that there is a starting to appear a chance that he might even be convicted. Um, He's, he's becoming so toxic that at some point Republicans are going to have to make a calculation uh, as to whether uh, they fear his presence well, or his I actions mean, more. Uh, there's been, there's been a, a constant drumbeat of, you know, when will the Republicans flip? And, uh, you know, I think it's pretty unlikely. Maybe five of them will, but oh. that's about it. Well, Well, we'll see. That's so why I say the, the odds are not high, but I don't, I don't anymore but, you know, break the impact them at zero. on the election is, of course, uh, going to be substantial. And how do you think it impacts on the Democrats? Yes. What kind of a specific answer are you looking for? I mean, it, it strengthens the Democrats. It energizes the Democrats. Um, uh, you know, when you say the Democrats, are you talking about the, the professional class of uh, politicians or are you talking about voters who well, uh, I identify with the Democratic uh, Party? Clearly uh, both. Uh, but, you know, I guess what I'm really uh -huh. interested in is uh, the calculation about Biden, uh, I think, uh, shifts fairly substantially as a result of uh, he seems to be in a similar box 
to the one that Hillary was in with the emails, which is, uh, or actually more precisely, the speeches, uh, you know, to Wall Street, uh, because I, th- I think that's going to have uh, a, yeah. a similar impact on Elizabeth Warren. Well, uh, I, I all right, you lost me when you, go, you, know, you went the, to Elizabeth Warren. The Horn. issue of Wall Street, uh, I've already seen news reports about how, uh, you know, people are basically suggesting that uh, Elizabeth Warren going after the uh, uh, going after Wall Street is not going to be appreciated uh, by the uh, powers that be. And that therefore, I mean, I, I would suggest that it's somewhat Sisyphean. Well, there was a there was a report last week, and I didn't trace it to see who it came from. That that some Wall Streeters were saying that if Elizabeth Warren gets the nomination, uh, they will not support her and might even support Trump. And I <laughs> just had to wonder if she paid them to say it, because I can't imagine I can't imagine a stronger corroboration of the of the. Yeah, if you're right, or if Rachel is right uh, about this cascading series of events to try and stave off uh, the eventual move to electric, uh, you know, uh, that's going to have a much greater impact on uh, Wall Street than uh, some sort of uh, presidential campaign and and legislation, it seems to me. Absolutely. I think uh, I can't wait to read her book. It sounds like uh, sounds like a major contribution to our discourse. We'll see. We'll see. But there are one more thing I'd like to say about Biden. Um, you know, if you go back to his first attribute, he's the guy who can beat Trump. Well, the, the lower Trump goes, yeah, I agree. the less important that attribute is. Because it's well, becoming, that, it's becoming clearer becoming that anybody clear is, can beat is Trump. Trump is the only one who can beat Trump. Right, and he's doing a very good job of it. He's doing well, an he amazing job. He does seem to have this uh, look in his eyes of. Uh, uh, I don't think he's figured out the end game. <laughs> uh, not at all. Because uh, he, I mean, he 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 assumed that there was no end game. He assumed. That, that what is will continue. He never expected anything to change because his whole life has been a series of getting away with things. And uh, having, to, having to pay for something is something that he's never really encountered except briefly during his, during his bankruptcies. All right. So uh, bottom line, you're much more optimistic than you were uh, uh, as recently as two weeks ago. Well, the narrow well, question of impeachment, yes. That's a narrow uh, question. Uh, no, but uh, there, there, will be, there will definitely be impeachment. Uh, it's, going to, it's going to take a lot of uh, people with him. You know, re- remember that uh, in Watergate, it wasn't just Nixon who suffered. Um, the attorney general went to jail. Um, many members of his staff went to jail. The burglars went to jail. John Dean went to jail. You know, John Dean, the hero of Watergate, yeah, but also he, you know, he went to jail. Uh, a fraction of what he would have if he had uh, stonewalled it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But I'm, I'm saying, uh, I, you know, we don't know the whole cast that Trump's going to take down with him, and and we don't know, um, 
how much it's going to impact the the Senate and congressional right, races, regular... races next year. And we don't know, and we don't know if we're going to have a civil war either. We, Trump said we're well, going to have a civil quite war, say that. so we don't know that either. And uh, you know, there no. there continues to be even increasingly loose talk about. Uh, I don't know what he can do now. I mean, he's so crazy now that uh, it's a very dangerous time. I'm very worried about everything, which has been said by a, a number of people. And, uh, I mean, that is very reminiscent of uh, Nixon walking around the White House and speaking to the uh, portraits. And uh, and Al Haig saying that right. he's... Well, they, you know, no, that was, that was Reagan. But... Yeah, but that was, that I mean, was, who's yes. in control in the White House? It, it appears that nobody is. Yes, that, that's a little frightening. The uh, uh, it's Stephen Miller well, is I in like control the of the White House. That, you know, that Stephen Miller is now one of the uh, r- remaining people that they are trotting out for the Sunday shows. Uh, that that speaks well yes. to uh, a limited bench. He, uh, he 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 creates yeah, such a he, good impression he's on people. Warm and fuzzy of uh, the warm, fuzzy, persuasive. Um, it just makes you want to yeah. follow him to anywhere. the gates of hell and beyond. Well, not, I wouldn't go beyond. I'd, I'd follow him to the gates and all right. Well, say listen, hasta la vista, uh, baby. thanks for uh, for the debugging of the uh, of the Rachel Maddow. It's always uh, a treat to not have to sit through the entire. A series of uh, of uh, coincidences that turn out to be uh, orchestrated. Actually, uh, I think it's all in one tweet by Lawrence Tribe. And the the the, the entire the entire uh, you know twenty minutes of Rachel Maddow was something that Tribe got in in one tweet. Yes, Sean, please. If you, if you will indulge me, I'll look for it. Okay, here we go. Putin's goals are to get out from under two sets of sanctions, one based on one based on messing with our 2016 election and one on invading Ukraine. Trump's efforts to pressure Ukraine into settling with Russia and to, quote, prove, unquote, that Russia didn't mess with us in 2016 make sense ah. as ways to please Putin. Quote QED. Demonstratum. That has been yes. that which has been um, demonstrated. So, yes, uh, a, 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 an adjacent tweet: Trump and Barr are trying to get other countries' help in undermining our intel community's conclusion that Russia interfered in our 2016 election, so that the anti-Russian sanctions predicated on that conclusion can be lifted. So they're working overtime to help Putin. Well, it Suspicious. sounds to me like. Uh the Russians will continue to get away with it, right? For now. I, I mean, so far the sanctions are in place, so they, they haven't gotten away with it. If those sanctions come off, then, then you're right. They, get away with uh, if the sanctions come off, then the investment uh, proceeds and uh, we get the oil out of the ground and then, and then what? And Trump is reelected? I don't know. Oh, I don't think Trump is reelected. Uh, well, I mean, the, the oil the oil industry gets a, a slight reprieve, but they're doomed anyway. Right. 
whatever Putin is, can get out of the ground is just a short well, I like the free. sound of electric cars much more than uh, uh, burning gas. I really do. Even though it's a mirage, yes. it's a, yes. it, it's a. There's the potential of uh, of stopping just short of complete annihilation. And on that note, yes. Thanks, to Michael Markman. On that note, and Rachel Mather. Thank you, Steve Gilmore, and Lawrence Tribe. <laughs>